Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Matt McComb. He is Vice President of Business Development at Dingus and Zazzy. We're going to talk about the world of cannabis, the world of marketing, uh, world of branding. We're going to really kind of dig into what cannabis companies really need to do, need to think about to really make an effective strategy in terms of going to market and how to market their companies. Obviously, lots of kind of crazy restrictions in the cannabis world around what you can say, what you can't say, where you can say it. And so talk a little bit about that, some of the restrictions and kind of things you need to kind of work through as a cannabis company and what some of the options are around how to develop an effective marketing plan, how to execute on that plan, and really like what it takes to make all of this work. So great subject for the world of cannabis. There's so much growth going on that this is a this is a big topic that I think a lot of companies struggle with, and there's a lot of opportunities. So with that, Matt, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure. So before we kind of get into what you're doing today, uh, let's give a little background. Uh, how did you get into marketing? How did you get into cannabis? Give us the backstory. Well, yeah, I think I have a pretty interesting story, but here goes. So I'm actually an engineer by trade. I went to school for it in Edmonton here. 
And uh, I've been doing engineering for probably 12, 13 years. And I just kind of took a look back on my life, talked to a bunch of admirable people like yourself and said like, hey, like, what do you like about your job? What Talk about your career path, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually I landed on the fact that like, you know, after so many years of engineering, the thing that I liked most and that kept me coming back is like talking to people and helping them solve their problems. And so someone suggested sales, and I thought that that was incredibly like sleazy, douchey, etc. Because you conjure up, you know, images of used car salesmen, and uh, they're like, you know, what? it's not <laughs> like that. It's it's talking to brand new people all the time and like making friends and and helping them solve problems. If they don't have yeah. a problem that you can solve, then it's not even worth your time or theirs. Yeah. So you just yeah. move on to the people that you really do want to talk to. So I was like, well, damn, that sounds pretty cool. And I was like, but. All I have on my resume is engineering. So I found this one company, Dingus and Zazzy, and I looked through their job posting and they seemed kind of funny. And I was like, well, maybe these guys would be cool. And I was like, how am I going to get them to notice me? So I created this bonkers cover letter, Bruce, like bonkers <laughs> that basically said, hey, I'm trapped in this resume. And the only way to save me is to solve the clues that I put in here. And I blacked out the numbers for my phone number and like put little clues throughout my resume so that they could find them and like solve them based on my skills that led to sales. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? I got a call back in 10 minutes and he was like, I don't know who you are as an engineer, but like you made me laugh. So let's chat. And I was like, Oh, so you solved the puzzle. And he was like, no, I just clicked call back on indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So long story short, I sat with him and he, I was like, so like, how is this going to work? And he's like, well, you don't really fit in. Like you don't have any sales experience. You don't have any marketing experience. And then I eventually convinced him to hire me for this completely different software division called Peak Automation okay. uh, for a completely different position. And I was like, well, damn, maybe I am good at sales. Yeah. Um, so we, we brought that company as far as we wanted it to go. And as I was doing that, I realized as I was talking to people that they needed marketing just as well as the other stuff we were selling. So I started really going hard on the marketing side of it. And uh, long story short, now I'm the VP of business development and I freaking love it, dude. I didn't That's think it was so possible cool. to love your job, but like I get to make dumb videos to send to prospects and yeah, I'm having a blast. I love it. And when you let's define marketing, I guess, or from your point of view, like how do you define or what do you what line do you put around things to declare what marketing is? Yeah, that's a great question. I've always said that marketing is a tool for sales because I can create all kinds of cool social media posts and make an awesome website, et cetera, et cetera. But unless I like have an only online business, then I need someone in sales to take that deal and close it. Someone's interested. Someone's generating a lead based on the marketing that we do. But someone still has to talk to that person, answer any questions that we can't do with all of our copy. And someone still has to get those, those people to the door, right? So marketing yeah. is the way that we take the foundation, which is our website, our logo, our sales materials, and bring as many people to the door. And say like, hey, you've seen this, you're interested in it at least a little bit. Uh, let's talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And how, I guess, I mean, you had a phrase in there that I'd love to dig into. So how, get kind of as many people as possible. How do you balance the kind of pure volume versus kind of qualification process? Like what in your kind of strategies, how does this play out? 
I think a lot of it has to do with knowing your ideal client profile before you even start branding, before you even start building a website or putting together sales materials. Because sometimes the people that I talk to really don't understand like what the problem is they're solving for businesses or what the problem is that they're solving for consumers. And they should be able to tell me in like 30 seconds and I should be able to explain it to pretty much everyone I talk to. So once they've got that going then it's just a matter of putting that in front of the people that that problem would solve the most, right? So if for us, for example, it's 15 to 50 employees and it's anyone who's ever thought about hiring someone in marketing, right? So maybe Mm -hmm. it's a marketing coordinator or graphic designer, whatever. For other companies like a, a cannabis business that's maybe doing white labeling, then they've got to talk about, okay, well, what is it that we're doing that's different than another white labeling company? Is it our price? Is it you know our level of service? What is it? Because it's got to be well-defined. And then you have to figure out, okay, who don't I want to talk to and take them out of the equation? And there's so many different ways to reach out to people. But honestly, volume's great. When you're first starting out, you want to network as much as possible. You want to build partnerships. You may not always get the right people, but sometimes that person leads to another person. That person mm-hmm. leads to another person. So like, I highly suggest going for volume before going for quality when yeah. you're first starting out. Yeah. So let's talk about cannabis. How how did you get involved in cannabis? How did the business start? You know, working with cannabis companies. Give a give a sense of how that played out. Yeah, man. So when before I came to Dingus and Zazi, I was working at Aurora, uh, Aurora Cannabis okay. in Edmonton. I don't know if you're familiar with them. We know it well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were a big deal. They were like the second biggest uh, cannabis company in the world at one point. And I knew that the train was going to stop for sure Um, (laughs) because I was looking at what they were paying people. I was looking at where money was going and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, Well, this is going to be fun while it lasts. (laughs) But I was the engineer there. And that was pretty cool because I was dealing with all their equipment and like qualifying all of it for EU GMP standards. Very different than marketing still. I was very much just an engineer. But there was other times where I was just taking the stuff that I learned in oil and gas and other construction and quality jobs and applying it there. So it kind of felt like being a big fish in a a small pond, despite the fact that there was a lot of people in that company. So after that, when I got into marketing, I was like, well, what I have experience with is like oil and gas and cannabis. And I only want to talk to people that I'm interested in talking to. So I just started hanging up cannabis companies and being like, hey, look, I used to work at Aurora. I'm doing something totally different now. Can I tell you what what I'm doing? And uh, let's chat about it. And honestly, if you're a cannabis company and you're looking at all for partnerships with other cannabis companies, like it is so easy. It's so easy to just be like, hey, can we just chat? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. And what did you find? I mean, going, I'm curious, going from kind of the, you know, being in the industry or kind of being in, you know, a plant touching business to going on to the service provider side, you know, the other side, like how did that transition work? I mean, you had a bunch of changes. You were kind of switching roles as well. But what did you notice kind of going, going from one to the other? There's a couple of things I noticed. Number one, a lot of people were familiar with Aurora. A lot of people were yeah. familiar with what it had done for the cannabis industry. I don't think I want to get into it too much because I don't like disparaging yeah, uh, yeah, other companies. But um, it was easy for me to just say like, hey, yeah, like I used to work there. And, you know, did you notice this problem? Did you ever like I talked to people about like EU GMP regulations and they'd be like, oh, man, you like speak our language. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, and they thought, I thought you were just a marketing guy. You know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. thought you were just someone who you know only knew that side of things, but you understand a lot of different parts of our business. Yeah. Um, and I always just kind of come at it as a consumer. Not as someone who, you know, is an expert in business or an expert in marketing. I just go like, hey, like looking on this website from an objective opinion, like I don't know why I'm on here and I don't understand what the value is that you provide. Yeah. And as as you were kind of building out your network or focusing on helping companies with marketing solutions, like how did you build out that network or how did, how did you go from, yeah, I've got some specific experience in kind of my personal network in the space to really kind of looking at the industry? Yeah. So there was a, there was like a three or four different pronged approach, which I highly recommend because like learning from like building this company, right? We've grown from six employees when I started to 90 and that was only a year and a half ago. So like we've grown huge. And part of that has been just talking to everyone and anyone, but we also do multi-channel. So it's not that we like don't take no for an answer because that's a terrible sales philosophy, but it's that we get to the no faster. So I send out cold emails to people that says, hey, like this is who I am. This is what I'm up to. If it's interesting, when can we chat? Yeah. I also hit them up on LinkedIn. I also call them. I have tools like Zoom Info and, and uh, Sales sure. Navigator and all that stuff, right? So it's really just multi-channel prospecting. Yeah. Yeah. And where are you noticing sort of traction in the market? I mean, you're, you're based in Edmonton, Canadian market. Are you, how much work you do in the U.S.? I mean, what's where are you finding business? It's like 60-40, I'd say. I mean, there's the companies that are just starting out, like in New York or New Jersey. I find yeah. there isn't as much business for us there because the you know they're still getting their license and they're like you know eventually i'm going to need your help but not right now some of the more established companies that have been kind of working on building their brand for a while in colorado or california that's where we've seen a lot of success as well as la but then obviously canada there's a ton of it right dispensaries lps labs all kinds of different stuff i talked to somebody the other day who's uh, creating a lab just for consumers, just for oh, people that grow it on their own. You know what I mean? Oh, because sure. here, in, here in Canada, you can you can grow four plants in mm-hmm. your house. That's what you're allowed. So there's certain people that are like, hey, like I would like to know how well I did. So yeah. send, a, send it into this company. They, it's it. like 60 bucks and they tell you, you know, what your THC content is, where your CBD content is, if there's yeah. mold in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. More importantly, yeah. Make sure it's safe. <laughs> exactly. Sure you, didn't, you didn't use some inappropriate uh, nutrient on your, on your product. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. So, so tell me a little bit, like what's really on the table for cannabis companies when it comes to marketing? I mean, I know that there's in the U.S. anyway, you know, lots of restrictions, state by state issues. Like when you sit down and start talking about marketing strategy, like what are the conversations you need to have in terms of possibilities? Yeah. So I think everyone's very familiar with the fact that there's a ton of regulations, right, in Canada as well as the U.S. And it really varies state by state. It varies province by province. If you sneeze the wrong way on your Instagram account, you're going to get shut down. That's just how it goes, right? And right now, as a company, we've never had our Instagram accounts shut down, but that will change. That will definitely change. So advertising, it's pretty much a no-no. But there's companies like Snapchat that are hurting for dollars and being a lot more relaxed about it. There's certain ways that you can get around things, like if you 
you know, say O U I D on TikTok, like it stands for weed and they'll let you do that. You know what I mean? There's certain people that are posting uh, very educational content and that, that flies by, um, You know, a lot of people, when they think marketing, they think advertising, but there's so much more that you can do. That's like one thirteenth of it or one fifteenth. You know, there's SEO, there's, you know, sales materials, there's social media. Like I could go on and on. Right. So we try to focus on the things that we can do organically. And on top of that, when you've got companies like Aurora and Tweed and all these bigger guys that have marketing budgets of millions and millions of dollars, you have to really establish, you know, what's different about you and what it is. If you're community focused, well, then our thoughts are like, hey, you should be doing educational content because you're not going to compete with all the lifestyle branding and stuff that these other guys have going on. You can still do that, obviously, but like inform people because we've been lied to for so long about what cannabis does. But on top of that, you've got to kind of differentiate yourself because if you're just going to post on social media about what the difference between THC and CBD is and what an indica and a sativa, or is there even any difference? Because I've heard that too, is there's like a myth <laughs> yeah. around that. I don't know if you know the answer to that one, but somebody showed me a TikTok where they're like, hey, like there's not actually any difference between indica and sativa besides like the plant look. Yeah, um, we get, we had a whole nother discussion. I would say yes. <laughs> well, yeah. it's it's indica and sativa are gross generalizations of what turns out to be a much more broad continuum of factors. Yeah. So there's so much like bad research out there. There's so much like myths and and things that like you know when you answer questions that people like that you you yourself don't know the answer to and you post that content. That's good content, in my opinion, because if you yeah. think about it, anytime someone posts like a, a YouTube video about like how to fix, you know, a 1988 Volkswagen in Sirocco. When you go on that that site to look for someone that can repair that or how do I do this thing? If it's a company that posted that video, that's the person that you're going to go to next time if you're like, "Hey, I don't understand how to do this or hey, I wonder Absolutely. if they know how to fix the battery." You know what I mean? So if you're yep. a cannabis company and you're saying, "Hey, like here's like 10 ways that you can ingest cannabis safely." Um, that you probably didn't know about, or here's how you do low and slow with edibles and just trying to kind of push the envelope about stuff that actually is true and, and that we have actual research for that's, that's a good way to show, Hey, look, I'm not just some big brand that wants to show a bunch of girls with, you know, short t-shirts smoking <laughs> weed and like blowing this coolest smoke all over the place. It's, it's, yeah. you know what I'm here for you as a consumer and most of those little dispensaries and most of the, like the little guys, they really are, they're there for the consumer. You yeah. know, they've been around for a long time. They have a lot of wisdom to give and uh, you know, most of them are kind of just doing this stuff on their own or they have like three or four employees and we're like, look, we can give you that extra bandwidth so that you can be posting more educational content so that you can do the things that'll really stand out. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, it does. And do you find that that's really what's needed in the market right now is the, the folks that are, you know, just too early stage to build out their own marketing team, you know, or have kind of the ability to attract, you know, really smart marketers that you can sort of be their their marketing arm or how do you how do you engage that way? So, like I think one of the main things here is that like people come to me all the time and they're like, well, I kind of want you guys to be exclusive with us because I don't want you working <laughs> yeah. with another lab or I don't want you working yeah. with another dispensary. And I'm like, if you come to me and say that you've done something wrong because it means there's nothing cool about your business. There's nothing unique about it exactly. yeah. or your value proposition. So I think it's really about defining what that is. And even if you don't have the ability on your own 
to market it that way, you have to define what it is that makes you unique. And it's not easy. There's a million dispensaries out there. Yeah, I yeah. can throw a rock and hit one here in Edmonton, no question. Yep. And there's a million marketing agencies out there as well, right? But you know, you've got to find a way to do that. Um, yeah. And yeah, I'm happy to chat with people if if they're they're looking to define what their elevator pitch is, what their unique value proposition is. But yeah, what I find that they need is is a mix between the branding and the entertainment or the education. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It can be it can be entertaining too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, we had one client that that was looking for a social media expert, and we're not experts. And so I told them I was like, "Look, we are not experts, so I don't think that we'd be the right fit for you if that's what you're looking for." And then I finally convinced them that I was like, "Look, everyone's either going super hard on education or super hard on branding. So why don't you just say the hell with all of that and just post funny stuff that like makes people go." Oh, these guys don't give a shit about their branding. These guys just have a great product. Because you know what? Like, if I was the person drinking that beverage and then I like took a look at their Instagram and it made me laugh and it wasn't like in your face, like, hey, buy this, buy that. Hey, look at this cool girl drinking this beverage. You know, like I would be like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gotta disrupt the pattern. That's interesting because I think a lot of marketing, a lot of the challenge with marketing and a lot of the good marketing strategies do figure out a way to stick out, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, unique or different content or, you know, being a little iconoclastic or even a little tongue in cheek, right? It's like, how do you stick out from the crowd? How do you stick out from the market? And so figuring out how you're going to do that, that's on brand, that's, you know, connects with your product is is really the key with marketing, I find. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if you look at No Name Brand, for example, yeah, they, they've got an amazing social media presence and like they post things like it's just a jar of pickles with a yellow background and says, this is a jar of pickles. And that like that makes people laugh because it's like, yeah, dude, we're just this is just a jar of pickles. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be like, hey, look at these cool pickles and they they really change your life. You, you can just be different and and try. It's not easy, you yeah. know. <laughs> and, but at the same time, it's like you've started a business. Yeah, there's one I saw recently, um, a water company. Um, I'm just gonna be like, oh, a, a liquid death. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you've come across that. I've, I've loved their stuff. Like I, I think they're doing a brilliant job because it's water. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the the most like literally the most commoditized thing you could ever imagine in the world. I mean, it's covered. You know, seventy five percent of the Earth's surface is covered with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, so how do you stand out? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And there's there's another one too that I saw on LinkedIn the other day about um, brand of weed called Weed, and I was like, <laughs> I love this. Like, how did no one else do this? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. like good, brilliant. All, the, all this time and no one's pulled that one off yet. Exactly. Exactly. So like props to them. And it's like right. certain cannabis consumers, they just want, just want popcorn, but you know what I mean? They want the cheap stuff or they yeah. want something that's not filled with frills and, and pomp. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, that's the one thing that's interesting about this space is it's becoming, you know, a little bit more segmented, a little bit more kind of diversified. And we're, we, clearly we're moving away from the, you know, just how much THC can you pump into the mm. pump into the flower? What are you seeing as some of the kind of categories or products that are coming out here that are, you know, interesting or new? Or where do you see the most innovation happening? Well, I'm actually really looking forward to where beverages are going. Yeah. Because myself, yeah, do you have thoughts on that? Like, what's the thing you're most excited about? Well, I mean, you know, personally or as an industry, I mean, like personally, I'm fascinated by this whole kind of push to terpenes and, mm. you know, kind of what we started with, with the kind of indica sativa is, is getting more nuanced and understanding of, 
you know, all these different term profiles from a flavor point of view, but then also from um, kind of psychoactivity or a, a, a impact view. Like some of these things clearly, you know, drive the kind of upping effect or downing effect that, you know, some of these cultivars have had. And so, I mean, personally, that, that's a space that I'm fascinated by. I think, yeah, from the industry point of view, the beverage category is huge, not just because, you know, it's like a, just a whole new way of consuming cannabis, but it now kind of goes head to head with this whole alcohol model or the alcohol kind of world of consumption. And I think we're going to see an interesting kind of part of the market that, you know, is generally just not interested in smoking or eating edibles mm-hmm. or consuming those methods, but they're fine. Like they're used to having a drink. Well, I can just have a cannabis drink. And then obviously the consumption lounges, right? Like as that starts to take off now, now we're talking about competing with bars and some of these staples of social uh, connection. So I'm very curious how all that plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you too. Is is like the terpenes are, are very interesting because like somebody handed me a vape the other day and it tasted like, I don't know, grape or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is not natural. And I didn't feel good smoking it. I would much mm-hmm. rather have something that like takes like the natural terpene profile of like, you know, cookies and cream or something like that. And by that, I mean the, the weed strain not the, or cultivar, not the... Uh, actual flavor of cookies and cream, but <laughs> there's, there's so much subtle nuance to it. It's like a tea or coffee or even craft beer. Like that's, that's interesting to me. And that's where I think a lot of people are going to have challenges in terms of defining themselves as different. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious what big difference do you see between the U S market and Canadian markets? I mean, how, how do you approach these or, or when you work with clients in these different areas, what's the different strategies? Well, there's a couple of things is that like, because I work in, in cannabis, hemp and CBD, I always just yeah. throw them in the same boat because they all yep. have way too many regulations for marketing uh, <laughs> to be fine. Is that like, there's, there's certain nuances here. So Canada, obviously everything's legalized, but we're restricted to 10 milligrams per pack of every edible right and we can't have like beauty packs in the store you know what i mean like everything has to have the big printed label that with the health canada sign whereas like when i went to the dispensary in vegas i was like wow like you can actually like kind of brand your your packaging here you know what i mean it's yeah. not just a tiny little logo in the corner. Um, mm-hmm. And people are doing some cool things with that too, like QR codes that open up into AR worlds and all kinds of different stuff. But on top of that, the U.S. is is backwards in other ways where it's like some states, hey, like talk about your sales and talk about like the things that you have going on. Some of them are like, oh, you can't talk about anything. You can just be like, hey, this is a brand. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And do you see any kind of things that you're watching in terms of regulatory issues, legal issues that you think are going to change the game here? Well, I think for sure, you know, I haven't been paying that much attention to uh, governmental regulations in the States, but I think for sure you guys are going to legalize eventually because there's no way you're going to let Canada get away with this for that long. (laughs) Exactly. We can't let you win forever. I'm surprised it's still not happened. Like I thought like you'd be just looking up at us and being like, no way, no way, bro. (laughs) We're going to shut this down. (laughs) (laughs) And when it does happen, yeah, we will get shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, So I know uh, you've been going to some of the conferences and stuff. I mean, what are you seeing in terms of exciting things that are going on in cannabis in general? Like where do you see kind of interesting kind of products or brands getting developed, companies getting developed? I think uh, edibles are taking a a huge leap forward for sure. And I think 
I think part of it too is that like, I always say this to some of my clients or prospective clients is that like, you're not competing with the black market right now. You just aren't. The prices aren't there. The regulations aren't there for us to compete with the black market. So what you're really competing with is everyone else in in the legal space. And you're competing for the attention of people like myself that are, you know, casual users who would, you know, smoke weed just as much as they would, you know, drink beer with their friends on a Friday night or people that are brand new to it. Like we have have far too many employees that now smoke cannabis because they work here. (laughs) I definitely blame myself because I brought in all the cannabis clients. Yeah, no, I get it. But yeah, like uh, I think the trends that I'm seeing, yeah, way more towards edibles. I think beverages, everyone thought they were going to go super hard and and now they're just starting to go a little bit harder because yeah, you're, you're now looking at it as a way just kind of like alcohol. I thought it was really cool that I, I met somebody that was doing that lab for just consumers because like mm-hmm. you could even cater to drug dealers if you wanted to. Yeah, If exactly. I was a drug dealer, I would totally get my weed checked yeah. and be like, yo, it's the same as the legal stuff. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Just further, further confirmation that I'm selling good product. I also met someone who has found a way to, man, I feel like I should just tell you all those people, but I haven't really asked them. Um, I met someone in Germany who has found a way to check out the cannabinoid profile before the plant is even like done growing. So I thought that was really cool. Oh, interesting. So kind of like a pre Mm -hmm. pre harvest analysis that they can do. Yeah. I imagine it's like a, like a gun and just point at the thing and it just like comes back with all the things like they don't, it's not even destructive. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to cut a piece of the plant off. That's nice. Yeah. That's always the problem with most of the testing is that you have to destroy, you know, you have to destroy the product. Yeah. Or you have to send it to a lab or whatever. So like to get real time results sounds incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt, this has been a pleasure. If anyone wants to find out more about you, more about the company and, and what you're doing with cannabis companies, what's the best way to get that information? Well, they can give me a call directly, 587-604-9494. Uh, I'm definitely happy to chat with anyone, even spam calls. So go for it. <laughs> well, spam welcome. <laughs> spam <laughs> we'll welcome. Have fun. <laughs> go for it. Text me, call me, whatever you want. Uh, but also uh, dingusandzazzy.com has every one of our services listed. Every one of our prices, we're very transparent about all that stuff. And it's got some of our work there. <laughs> pretty much every one of our, we work in all different industries. It's not just cannabis, but pretty much every portfolio, whether it be logos or blogs or whatever, has cannabis in it because we've just been so enamored with the industry and they've been so good to us. So I'm happy to chat about anything, honestly, like free advice over here. So call me anytime. Awesome. I'll make sure that all your contact information is in the show notes so people can get mm-hmm. that. Matt, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, for sure, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.